0: Jenny. I'm Inya, and this is Unbounded Compass. On the show this week, we're talking about food—everybody's favorite topic, right? Yes. Well, we certainly have plenty of things we could say, and we've talked about a couple things on the blog last week, and we're going to try and explore that in a little more depth today. Mm-hmm. So I prepared
1: multiple questions as usual.
0: We actually discovered there's kind of a lot to say, so we're going to jump right
1: in. Okay. So first question. Is there a historical reason that so many different cultures and cuisines are represented in Portland?
0: I find this a very interesting question because when you go to Portland and you're trying to find some place to eat, there are so many options from Mm -hmm. so many different countries and ethnicities. But if you know very much about Portland, you'll know that it's pretty much white city. I mean, Mm. 80% white. There isn't really a lot of diversity of people. Sometimes it feels like there is more than there is, and it might have something to do with the food because Portland does attract a lot of people from a lot of different regions who bring in a lot of different experiences, and they do have a pretty large international migration, which is probably having some impact on the food, but you'll discover a lot of times when you go to these restaurants, even the ones that seem to have really great authentic Cuisine that the people running it aren't always from the country that the food originates from. Mm -hmm. So I hadn't really thought too much about it, but this sparked a memory from last year where there was an experience of a couple of women who owned a burrito cart, one of the food carts downtown that Portland's so well known for. And they sort of got shamed into closing their shop because people were accusing them of cultural appropriation because it was a couple of white women and they were running a burrito (laughs) shop. Which they had some really great authentic recipes that people claimed that they were stealing from the Mexican heritage. I I think that's such an interesting concept. I mean, what do you think about that? I think that's a horrible accusation. Well, because
1: not everybody's from those countries to open a restaurant. I mean, you probably know these chefs and people travel different countries and they find those cuisines are really delicious. And then they love it so much, come back to the country, and they just want to introduce those food. And they're not claiming those recipes are theirs. They're making the authentic food and the recipes they created and it's on their own or anything. But then the people go and like, hey, you are just white or whoever, and making this food, stole it
0: from our country? That's so not fair to claim. Yeah, I agree. And that's an argument that came up. There were so many people that got upset, though. And I'm not saying that cultural appropriation doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it is, especially, I mean, if you're going to be taking something from a different culture and you're not giving the respect to the history, or if you're oh, claiming yeah, it for like, your own, mm-hmm. like, I get that. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. But mm-hmm. I don't really feel that's what was happening here. Yeah. A lot of people did, though, and they actually created this petition that they sent around where they would add names of restaurants to it if the people who owned and ran it weren't from the place that the food originated from, <laughs> which I think is a little bit insane. I think that's such, I mean, how do you where do you draw the line on something like that? Because especially in America where people come from all over and you might have a mom from Japan and a dad right. from Germany and a grandpa from England. and so are those the only foods you can cook or I mean where do you how do you even define what is being stolen and what is just being shared and enjoyed by others and I thought this was super interesting so I read up on it and they interviewed some chefs that were from popular, well-known restaurants in Portland. And one or two of them actually ended up with their names on this list because they were from countries different than the foods they prepared. Mm -hmm. And one had this really good point that I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. He was from a Latin American country, Mm -hmm. and he had trained in various countries to become this master chef, one of which was Japan. He had spent quite a bit of time in Japan Mm -hmm. learning the skills of sushi, and he brought that back and he opened up a sushi restaurant, which is pretty popular. And he felt that he in no way was degrading the history or claiming that it was his own Mm -hmm. and really they're just providing some exposure to these foods and these cultures that might not happen Mm -hmm. so I think it's great I mean I think people win when you have more diversity of food even if it's being brought to you by somebody who just knows a lot about the culture but isn't from the culture right as long as the food tastes great isn't it kind of (laughs) win-win right I think so Yeah. So anyway, I think that's part of why it feels like we have such cultural diversity Mm -hmm. At least in food Even if we don't in actual people People, (laughs) okay
1: I mean, I went to a lot of different Asian restaurants And it can be Chinese restaurant, but owned by Korean Or Korean restaurants owned by Chinese people And then actual chefs are not Korean, you know But I don't have a problem as long as it tastes good And then the flavor is authentic enough I agree. Uh,
0: So, I think we're lucky to have as many types of foods as we have, even though some people were really upset about who was cooking the food.
1: (laughs) So, we talked about food carts. I mean, we have so many great food carts in Portland. Yes. So, how did this food cart zone uh, between 10th Avenue and Elder Street start in Portland?
0: I don't know that they were the first one, um, but they're definitely one of the largest. There are several kind of scattered throughout Portland. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because Portland sort of had this unique situation that maybe you don't find in other cities where there's a pretty dense downtown area with a lot of uh, foot traffic and pedestrians walking about which makes it nice to be able to bring them all to one central location with Mm -hmm. the food carts and they're food carts as opposed to food trucks which a lot of other cities have where they actually move around and park in different places each day because Mm -hmm. they're stationary Mm -hmm. so and the reason that happened was because Portland has these parking lots downtown in the city too and so the parking lot owners would rent the space out to the carts so you'd end up with these parking lots that are just ringed with these food carts because they can rent the space and not have to move so it's a little more affordable because they have less overhead, they don't have to move their cart around because Mm -hmm. it's stationary essentially Mm -hmm. and there are are less regulations when it comes to the kitchen requirements and some of the other things that a lot of restaurants have to follow that you don't necessarily Mm -hmm. in a food cart so that makes it easier if you're a food cart owner Mm -hmm. and also you don't get the pushback from the restaurants because they don't like it when you pull your truck up in front of their restaurant (laughs) and you're competing with their business so the food carts don't really do that because they're stationary and it really just makes it so that everyone's winning right i mean the parking lot owners get rent (laughs) regularly the people who want to make a business out of selling their great food don't have to put up all of the overhead they would have to for a restaurant, mm-hmm. people get all those food choices. There are so many food carts down there. You get way more options than you would if all those people were trying to open up restaurants. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's kind of a unique situation that created it, but it's a win-win in my opinion. Right. And I like
1: uh, eating out around that area because you can take the food out when the weather is nice and you can just sit down by the uh, little park area, like open area, and then eat and enjoy and... A lot of people do that, I've seen, so...
0: Yeah, I agree. Mm. When it's not raining anyway. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, and also we talked about four different
1: kinds of way of enjoying food, outside especially. I guess you tried all these
0: four things? I haven't tried all of them, Mm -hmm. but there are definitely pros and cons to all of them. Right. So the food carts I've tried several times, and you get that diversity of food options, which I love. And during the summer, it is great. There's not a lot of great places to sit out there there yeah. aren't very many but there is kind of a park on the one mm-hmm. corner and if you walk a couple blocks there's another park but you know if it's nice outside right. it's great yeah. i don't love going when it's cold and rainy because it's a little bit <laughs> less enjoyable <laughs> and then saturday markets similar it i feel like there's a little bit more to do and see in places to sit mm-hmm. at the saturday market mm-hmm. they have all of the crafts stalls as well mm-hmm. plus they have tables and they have some covered tables and they have uh, live music a lot and it's down by the waterfront park mm-hmm. so you can walk the park area and that's really fun they have a ton of different kinds of food there too and then the pine street market has less options but a wide variety of types of food you can get which is really great Mm -hmm. and it's inside so if it's it's winter time i think i would pick that one just because you're covered so Mm -hmm. you don't have to walk around or be cold. Mm -hmm. And then the Feast Portland, I haven't actually done this one. I've just, I've just heard about it Mm -hmm. because it's a food festival Mm -hmm. and you purchase tickets for whatever part of it you want to go to. Mm -hmm. I just think it sounds really interesting and I'd like to Mm -hmm. try it at some point in the future because you can pay for tastings. You can pay for actual sit down meals. You can pay for cooking classes. You Mm -hmm. can pay for panels to go talk to the chefs. Mm -hmm. All of these seem like they'd be interesting ways to kind of expose yourself to food in a different way.
1: right. Yeah, I've been to. I mean, of course, I tried a food cart area after going to this huge bookstore that everybody loves. Yes, <laughs> we'll talk about it later. But um, I tried to eat a lot of, taste a lot of different food at the food carts, and I tried the Saturday market. But other than um, drinks they are offering for free, I've never tasted any food there. I've seen a lot of craft works and artworks or handmade jewelries. But other than that, unfortunately, I've never tasted any food there. Pine Street Market, I kind of passed by that area, not knowing what that really was. Actually. And it's kind of new uh-huh. So I don't know which one is the best there or not. And uh, also Feast Portland. I actually wanted to try to go there last year, but it's really crowded, so I wasn't sure if I can take my baby there and Maybe enjoy this Maybe this year can be nice, yeah.
0: Or you could just get a babysitter.
1: Okay. Let's move on to the vegan part. Okay. Grew up in Korea. I did eat a lot of food, if I think about it, that were actually vegetarian food. Because my mom, who doesn't really enjoy meat, she always creates this bibimbap without any meat or any eggs or anything. And just we eat it, you know, mix it. And then we just put some soy sauce or maybe gochujang and uh, sesame oil. And we we'll just mix it and then share, you know.
0: It's great. That's the way I eat <laughs> oh, <yeah.
1: laughs> But I, I didn't have an idea that's how i uh, becoming a vegetarian or is this a vegetarian diet? I've never had any idea. But, you know, clearly I met you and I moved here. Um, I met different people who's strict about their diet. You know, either they're pursuing gluten-free diets mm. or they are uh, doing paleo diet or it's some sort of those kind of different... There are a lot know. of diets yeah, that that's people the nam- pursue. <laughs> yes. I don't even name, know the names for. And I'm sure there are a lot of people that don't know or ha- have never heard of different types of vegetarian or vegan... Or, source of those names.
0: What do you think the reason is that there are less people in Korea that are aware of these various types of diets? Because I think in Korea we eat
1: food rice based with different kinds of side dishes, and then most of them are made out of root veggies or leaves or stems a lot of different way of eating veggies in different ways but if we think about it like western countries they eat a lot of steaks or eat a lot of hamburgers or sausages a lot of
0: dairy oh i don't know yeah. I mean, all of that <laughs> so maybe because of that it's just a part of our culture And also I think your culture is definitely less diverse, whereas here you end up with people coming from a lot of different countries and introducing different ways of eating. Mm -hmm. So maybe that creates these various diets where people are more aware of all these various types of eating, which maybe you aren't as aware in somewhere like Korea. But maybe that's why all of you are so thin in Korea as (laughs) opposed to America. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure exactly when I first heard about things like vegetarian and vegan I've I've heard about them my whole life but mm-hmm. when I first decided to go vegan mm-hmm. it was you know after I had done some research I had kind of gotten into watching some documentaries and mm-hmm. reading some books about it mm-hmm. and it, it's like there are so many different ways people define what they eat mm-hmm. and we talked a little bit about this vegetarian where there's no meat mm-hmm. or vegan where there's no animal products at all mm-hmm. or pescatarian where you'll you're pre- pretty much plant based but you'll eat seafood or And then you mentioned flexitarian, where yes. <laughs> you're basically pescatarian, but you will occasionally eat other kinds of meat, mm-hmm. mostly depending on the situation you're in. But mm-hmm. um, And then there's even more extreme, like fruitarian, where they basically only eat fruit, fruit only with the exception of maybe some nuts and seeds. Mm-hmm. And as a vegan, vegan isn't as extreme as fruitarian, but I still get a lot of people asking me, well, what do you eat? Like, like if you don't eat meat and cheese, there's nothing there's none, left but... to eat. <laughs> it's like, do you realize how many foods are out there? So, yeah, I've gotten some kind of negative responses to it, but I initially chose to go vegan for health reasons. Mm -hmm. And I talked about this a little bit on the blog, but I had eczema, which is that skin issue where it gives you that dry, itchy skin. And I had it since I was a child. And I suddenly discovered somebody mentioned that their pediatrician had told them that their child could probably cure or at least improve their eczema if they cut out dairy. Mm. And I was like, really? That's a thing? Mm. So I tried it, and it completely went away. Wow, that's And I was amazing. so shocked by that. And I, I went to my mom, and I was like, Mom, did you know that if you cut out dairy, that it will, like, fix the problem? She's like, oh, yeah. Uh, I remember a doctor mentioning that <laughs> once when you were younger, but it, it never really did anything. And I was like, what are you saying? You knew about this, and you didn't have me try this? Which, um, I don't know. I mean, she, maybe she's tried it and it didn't work as well for her, but it worked really well for me. Mm-hmm. And so that combined with my watching of all these documentaries about right. the beef industry in America, mm-hmm. like I was Oh, this is not that healthy for you. Mm-hmm. And so seven or eight years ago, I just kind of quit like cold Turkey, no meat, no dairy. I just decided to completely change the way I was eating. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really looked back. I felt a lot better, so I'm happy with my choice. I think I feel definitely
1: lighter. It's not that I'm trying to become vegetarian or vegan, but my husband, and I try to eat healthier, and it's really hard to consume a lot of veggies when you eat meat with it. So we just set a time, like for our lunch, we try to eat a veggie plate, basically, with a hummus, and maybe some pita bread, a little bit. That way, we are, we know that we are eating healthy food. I think it
0: has helped us. We kind of enjoy that. Quite. I also think it's hard. It was For me, it was harder to try and moderate what I was eating. Like, I'm going to only eat a little bit of this, or I'm going to only... Mm. Like, it was easier to just cut stuff out entirely and not mm. think about it and just change the way I eat. Done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, and so then I just completely changed the way I would eat and that became the new normal. Mm-hmm. And it was easier than trying to moderate because sugar and dairy, it's addicting. Like, you eat a little and you want a little bit more. And If you, Ice cream if you just quit altogether, you quit <laughs> (laughs) craving it and it's just easier to not have any and I have felt a lot better and you're right because the meat is kind of heavy once you're used to not eating it Mm -hmm. if you try and eat it it's you feel completely different
1: and especially in Korea you go out with people probably before we mentioned this not a lot of people in Korea have parties in their house they usually go out Mm -hmm. and eat out with people of course heavy drinking and to do that meat goes well with (laughs) those soju in Korea So a lot of people eat galbi or samgyeopsa, grilled pork bellies. Because of that, people consume a lot more meat, probably.
0: Isn't meat a little bit newer in Korea's history? Well, before, during the Japanese invasion
1: and Korean War, we didn't have any food.
0: Well, right. So so probably couldn't eat
1: that much of meat. I
0: was under the impression that it was kind of a Western influence, but I could be wrong. Things I had read implied that. Like, traditionally, most Asian diets have less meat meat. in their diet.
1: And also, Korea has three big seas or oceans, Mm. and so we have plenty of seafood that we can eat instead of uh, meat. So that probably was part of the reason that we weren't eating so much meat as we do now. But then kids in Korea nowadays, they eat a lot more hamburgers, so it became kind of an issue. Children getting diabetes Mm -hmm. and (laughs) more chubbier kids than before, as well. So they're worried about
0: those kind of stuff for sure, too. Yeah, and that's kind of what I found in a lot of those books that I was reading and the documentaries that Mm -hmm. I was watching. Mm -hmm. I kind of made a list of them Mm -hmm. that I had watched at the time and. That's kind of what the common thread was, like looking at the link between what you're eating mm-hmm. and the effects that it has on your health. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's something that came up over and over again when it came to consuming too much meat or dairy having negative impact. So you're having more heart disease, more diabetes, Hormonal um, issues. more yeah, obesity cancer, things like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's kind of what a lot of them were. A lot of the reason I kind of quit with the meat was because a lot of them showed, specifically the American meat industry, Mm -hmm. kind of some of the issues they had, which I think they're trying to work on in some regard now, but there were a lot of problems with hormone use and antibiotics, things like that. So. That whole thing just made me think, well, I'll just not eat any of it. <laughs> I'll avoid it altogether. <laughs> quick, yeah. That's kind of what started me down that path. So, mm-hmm. Plus, I read some books like My Year of Meats, which was actually just a fiction novel mm-hmm. that kind of made me think about this, about a woman who was a documentarian.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She took a job producing this Japanese television show that was sponsored by an American meat exporting business. And so the whole premise of the show was meet the American family and they would... Each episode, you would meet a different kind of American family, but they all focused around dinner and what they were making for dinner and always had to include meat. Okay. And then they would share the recipe. But while she was doing this, she discovered all kinds of things about the meat industry, uh, which was in the novel. That, so that was a novel, so it was fiction. But then also things like The China Study. Have you heard of The China Study? No. And that's a book that is based on this 20-year study of 65 counties in China. Mm-hmm. So it was studying the mortality rates from cancer and chronic diseases and aligning it with their diet and the types of things they were eating and looking for some correlation the people who wrote that were there was a physician and a, and a researcher scientist and there's just a lot of information there that's really interesting that makes you start thinking about that connection mm-hmm. even if you don't necessarily take everything they say which that it's a pretty comprehensive study and a lot of it is very very scientifically based but it's interesting to just think about that mm-hmm. connection and i think people sometimes forget that what you're eating really has a direct impact on you
1: certainly i don't really think about what i'm eating like I had a lot of ice cream yesterday and sugary candies too. But then when you're tired and you're
0: stressed out, you pray for some sort of sweets. I know. Yeah. I used to never think about it. I fed my kids terrible stuff. <laughs> I fed my kids strawberry milk in sippy cups by refill them constantly. Uh-huh. I chicken nuggets and mac and cheese and corn dogs and. What other thing fruit that you mentioned? Like oh, a <laughs> ramalama ding dong. <Or> <laughs> yeah, actually, that was a bowl of ice cream uh-huh. that you stick ding dongs on, uh-huh. which you know those are those little chocolate cakes filled with marshmallow dipped in chocolate. Right. You stick that, that on means, the ice cream, yeah. and then you drizzle caramel sauce and chocolate sauce on it, and then you put whipped cream on top. <gasps> I mean, seriously, if that doesn't kill you, I don't know what will. But we would give that to our kids, and we would like, oh, neighbor children that are over, look at this fun thing. Here, have one. I'm sure their parents love this. My child. We gave our kids <laughs> terrible food. And I remember having a neighbor who would feed her little toddlers chopped up peppers mm-hmm. and cucumber and mushrooms, and mushrooms, carrots, whatever. They would sit there and eat this chopped up fresh veggies and I said how do you get your kids to eat that stuff Mm. and she said what do they know this is all I give them they eat what I give them and that's what they've developed a taste for and I was like Oh, that's a thing? You can do that? Like, I was clueless. I mean, I had my first child Uh when I was 21, so I clearly didn't know what I was doing. Well, and then that's what you saw
1: before, right? Mm -hmm.
0: Because you probably, your parents did it, or your friends did it, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, my parents probably had more cooked-from-scratch food, but it was still, I mean, I grew up on a beef farm, Uh so it was definitely heavily meat and dairy. But then when we changed and tried to make them eat more veggies, that was a difficult transition. Oh, I bet. (laughs) but luckily i think they've come around for the most part and i think we're all healthier for it. Mm-hmm. I mean even if you do eat meat and dairy just being aware of where your food comes from yeah. and eating less processed food mm-hmm. and you know more whole foods mm-hmm. that makes a huge difference.
1: Try to eat healthier. Okay, next one, in one of the articles you said there are a lot more vegan friendly cities in the west coast, right? Do you think there is a
0: there are differences in vegan culture in West Coast and different part of the U.S.? I know there are different types of vegans. Mm-hmm. For example, I, as I mentioned, I became vegan mostly for the health benefits. Right. But a lot of people become vegan for the environmental benefits mm-hmm. because producing meat mm-hmm. is, it takes a toll on the environment mm-hmm. and. Also, a lot of people become vegan for the animals because they they don't want to support animal cruelty. So, I, I mean, I know that's true, that depending on why you become vegan, that might vary, but I'm not sure it's regional. Other than I do know, there seems to be a higher number of vegans and vegan options when it comes to restaurants on the West Coast, like in Portland and Seattle and San Francisco. And I'm not sure why that is, other than I think potentially, especially in California, you have... Even here, the weather's pretty mild. You have a lot of fresh vegetables and fruits and access to fresh produce more Mm -hmm. than you might in some of the East Coast cities and states where they're definitely colder and they don't have as long of a growing season. Uh, So that could have something to do with it. But I do know that like... New York Boston Toronto they all have major festivals food festivals that are vegan and vegetarian and New York has a lot of really good vegan options mm-hmm. I mean it's New York right it's New York. so that could have something to do with it uh-huh. but I don't know if there's any other regional reason why it seems like there are a lot of vegans more on the west coast well, everything's green here, right? That's true. Okay. Food tastes better when you grow it yourself, right? It is, More yeah. people growing it themselves out here. When you ask kids what vegetables are, they might actually be able to tell you, as opposed to some kids who grow up in cities that don't ever see right. gardens or food growing. So exposure. That's the only thing I can think of. Okay. So what has your experience been with veganism or vegetarianism? Because you, I mean, you lived in Korea, obviously, and you've lived here, and you've traveled around the world quite a bit. Did you notice this being something that was brought up in your travels to be honest i wasn't paying attention to that that much i did see on the
1: menus you know they were putting this little note or v or g i guess it was a v for vegetarian or vegan and g for gluten free probably mm. but those places where i traveled all the popular famous foods were <laughs> meat-based <laughs> food so unfortunately i didn't really taste vegan dishes there but since I'm going to be in Asia again this April, I'll try more vegan food. I'll send you some pictures. Okay,
0: good. Well, and I also think, too, if you weren't aware, I mean, maybe this maybe it existed or maybe it was there, but when you're not thinking about it, you might not have noticed. So even just being aware of it might change mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what you notice while you're right, right there. I'll definitely check more. Yeah, sure. you'll have to let me know. Mm-hmm. This week on our show, we talked a lot about food, particularly on the podcast, about various types of diets like veganism and whatnot. But mm-hmm. there are so many restaurants that we talked about in Portland right. on yeah. the blog sure. that we didn't really, yeah, and in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really name very, very many of them here. But if you're interested or if you're in the area, either in Portland or in san francisco we definitely had some recommendations to make so check out those lists and links that we left for you on the blog and try a few new types of restaurants thanks for listening to our podcast this week if you'd like to help us in monetary way
1: we set up an account on patreon and the different tiers to help us in different ways also if you can just give us a shout out That will
0: definitely help us. We appreciate you listening, and hopefully you're enjoying what you're hearing on the show. Again, as always, if you have questions or comments or anything you'd like to share with us that we might find interesting and add to our show, send us an email, and we will hopefully answer your questions and bring more interesting things to our show next week. So, have a good week, and we'll see you next time. I'm Jenny. I'm Inja. Bye. (laughs)